This is the May 26th edition of Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap. My name is Ryan Janke, and right beside me is Corey Litton. Hey, how's it going? Well, good. It's uh, nice outside, a little windy, but nice outside, and uh, the sun is shining. I survived the Willie Nelson concert. You, you survived the Willie Nelson concert? Yes, that, that mosh pit was pretty rough. <laughs> I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> and we are now in the thick of racing. Yeah, we went from nowhere to right in it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I did the math on this one. If I would have went to a race last night, uh, a Thursday night, uh, and I did not take Saturday off, I could theoretically be on the road till next Tuesday. Wow. A week from Tuesday. Sure. <laughs> so Holy cow. Yeah. I'm going to take some days off, though, so I'm not, I'm not going to go all the way through. I would say deservedly so. <laughs> so we've got uh, results, lots of them, NASCAR results, World of Outlaw results, and like I said, the local racing is underway. And so we'll get to all of that on this episode. Let's take it away. Sunday, May 21st, the All-Star Race at North Wilkesboro Speedway, North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. First Cup Series race since 1996. It was great to be back, and it was uh, the Open started it off there with 100 laps, the distance being on this one. Rookie Ty Gibbs drew the pole for the NASCAR's last chance race and got uh, the jump on the field in lap number one. By lap 25, Gibbs had built up a 2.5 second advantage over Josh Berry as Gibbs caught traffic. Traffic didn't slow Gibbs down, though, and the lead grew to uh, three seconds by lap 30. The only thing to slow Gibbs down was the competition caution on lap number 40. That brought everyone to pit road with Josh Berry winning the race out, followed by uh, Ty Gibbs, Eric Almirola, Noah Noah Gregson, and Justin Haley rounding out the top five. Barry took off on the start at lap 48, but the race's second caution would come out on lap 50 when Noah Gregson hit the inside wall in turn one, sending himself... Todd Gillen, Ryan Newman, and Chandler Smith into the outside wall. That was uh, that was a miss. That was a big miss. <laughs> uh, Barry led the pack back to green with 44 laps to go, but the yellow would fly again when Ty Gibbs bumped Michael McDowell and Justin Haley, or into Justin Haley, resulting in McDowell and Haley hitting the wall coming out of turn number four. The race went back to green with 37 laps to go, and Gibbs went back on the attack for the lead. With 32 laps to go, Barry let Gibbs go uh, around the outside for the lead. With 23 laps to go, Gibbs caught lap traffic, which just happened to be Michael McDowell, who was not happy. No. Uh, no, he, and he did something. Uh, so he, he had the Mark Martin paint scheme, okay. the throwback, the Folgers yeah. throwback. He did something that you normally don't see my, uh, Mark Martin do, and that is lash out on the racetrack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. McDowell crowded Gibbs all the way down uh, in into the inside wall in turn four, causing both to wash up the track and allowing Josh Berry to take back the lead. Berry was able to stretch the lead out uh, on the field by half a second with 10 laps to go, and Berry held on to get the win in an automatic berth into the all-star race. Ty Gibbs got the last transfer spot, and Noah Gregson, even after that wreck, they thrashed to get that car back together because he finished the race, which meant... He was eligible to race in the actual all-star race because he won the fan vote. So he got the final transfer spot. All right. That takes us to the all-star race. 200 laps. Daniel Suarez was the quick qualifier and led the field to green. Caution flag number one flew on lap 16. That was when Ricky Stenhouse Jr. cut down to get back in line off of turn four, resulting in Eric Jones spinning out Stenhouse Jr. in the front stretch. 
That brought several cars to the pits, with Kyle Larson getting caught speeding on pit row, sending him to the back of the 24-car field. Well, that should have killed his day. That should have ruined it right there, huh? Yeah. Suarez led the field back to green on lap 21 with Denny Hamlin, Chase Briscoe, and Joey Logano fighting hard behind. It was at this point that Kyle Larson's car came to life. By lap 35, Larson was up to 11th. By lap 43, he was up to 6th. By lap 51, he was in third, and by lap 54, he was in second. He finally took the lead on lap 55. With 200 laps to be run and only four sets of tires allowed, the field raced conservatively as they closed in on the halfway caution flag. The only car still running hard was Larson, who opened up an 11-second lead on lap 90. And how many seconds uh, does it take to get around that? track i think it's like 22 22. 21 22 yeah he was out there a ways larson lapped 17th place martin truex jr when the halfway caution came out that takes us to the race to the finish that's right 100 laps was set to be the distance out there that brought everyone to pit lane where larson was out first with bubba wallace daniel suarez tyler reddick and chase briscoe rounding out the top five ross chastain was caught speeding in 10th place and had to go to the back of the lead lap The green flag flew again with 89 laps to go, and Larson went back to running away. Larson quickly built up a one and a half second lead with 75 laps to go. That grew to 2.8 seconds with 53 laps to go. Then it got to uh, 3.6 seconds with 25 laps to go. With 20 laps to go, Larson had lapped 17th spot with a four second lead. With 15 to go, he lapped up to 16th and had a four and a half second lead. With 10 to go, he lapped up to 15th and had a, it dropped a little bit. Went down to 4.3 seconds. And then slacking. With, <laughs> with 5 to go, he lapped 13th place and still held on to a 4-second lead. All right, that takes us to the final lap. Here's the call from NASCAR.com. Here he is, coming to the white flag. Make this thing official. One lap to go, sponsored by Credit One Bank. He has won at Charlotte Motor Speedway. He won at Texas Motor Speedway. Bristol. Fixing to win at North Wilkesboro Motor Speedway. Yes, sir. Got NASCAR's return to North Wilkesboro will send Kyle Larson to victory lane in the NASCAR All-Star Race for $1 million. Holy smoly. He just won a million dollars. A million dollars. Yeah. Won the truck race. All I can tell you is it'd be a good thing I, seat, I had my seatbelt on. I'd be jumping out of that car. I said, give me a break, man. Buddy, that's what I talk, taking all their money. A million dollars. Bubba Wallace, very Great strong. Job, Lord, for Great job, Brady, boys. Yeah, Larson dominated to win his third NASCAR, NASCAR All-Star race by over four seconds with Bubba Wallace, Tyler Reddick, Chase Briscoe, Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, Daniel Suarez, Eric Jones, Ty Gibbs, and Joey Logano rounding out the top uh, ten. Your guy, Ross, Ross Chastain, finished in 11th because he didn't hit anybody in this race. Um, <laughs> Larson's third all-star win puts him in a tie for second most all-time with Jeff Gordon and Dale Earnhardt and only one behind Jimmy Johnson. And to celebrate, he did his now trademark complete lap uh, Polish victory lap burnout, which I think is one of the coolest things. Also on Twitter, he did something really awesome. Uh, he uh, posted a video of Scott Bloomquist, who won the World 100, just dominated. He got sent to the back because he had something with a window net issue. Okay. Um, and he was blatantly cheating. <laughs> they made him remove the window net, and they sent him to the back of the pack. And the you know, the comment was, um, when they put me to the back, the race was over. Because 
if I would have been out front the whole time, they would have. I would have lapped the whole field. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if there hadn't been that halfway break, who knows how many of the cars would have been one lap down. Right. I'm sure he probably could have had a chance at, at lapping all of them. But yeah. uh, yeah, it was a that was a pretty dominant win out there, and you know, quite the race uh, back over at. At North Wilkesboro. Yes. And so uh, the point standings do not change based on that race. So uh, Ross Chastain is still in first with 429 points. Christopher Bell second, 27 points back. In third is Kevin Harvick, 29 points behind. Fourth is Denny Hamlin, 36 points back. And in fifth is William Byron, 42 points behind. Um, We didn't talk about this before, but... uh, Bubba Wallace has found himself engrossed in some controversy again. Oh, is that because he flipped off somebody? Well, he flipped off somebody, uh, but then there's also the uh, there's an investigation going on too in NASCAR. Yeah, I, I do. I, I did remember hearing about this and reading about it, and you know what what I heard made me feel pretty sick. Uh, uh, somebody hacked his radio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, the 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 problem. And I think uh, this is this is one of the talking points going on right now. Is the last time something like this happened, it turned out to be a nothing burger, right? And so now the, there's obviously there are people who have already jumped to this is another nothing burger. We don't know yet, uh, and NASCAR is doing an internal investigation, I believe, right? And how are you going to be able to figure that out now with, uh, I mean, how can you trace the signal? Back I, to yeah, who had I, it? I, don't, I, mean, I have no idea. In a, in a group of a thousand people, I mean, they literally give you the frequencies that you can that you can listen to the drivers. Right. It, and uh, it's not like it has the number of the car on it. It has the frequency number right. with the number of the car. So anybody that has a good enough radio that can reach yeah. can do that. A walkie-talkie can, can do it if you do it right. Right. And so, uh, you know, I... Uh, um, it's been a, a few years since I was to a NASCAR race. They had the technology the last time I was there to be able to listen in. Um, but uh, it was, if I remember right, it was more than my budget allowed. We'll put it that way. Um, and so I wasn't able to use that. But it would be a neat feature. And I hope that this is not something that leads to NASCAR limiting that or taking it away. I, I would hope they wouldn't jump to that. But um, I don't know. Well, they do have the technology to change it around, so you don't have to use an actual scanner. The problem is you're going to have to use it while you're amongst a bunch of people in uh, limited cell phone reception because of all the people that are taking the bandwidth. Because they have it on the NASCAR app. Mm-hmm. Um, if you pay for pay for the subscription, which is like, I don't know, it's pennies on the year pretty much. But uh, you can get like the, the MRN broadcast. You can also go into, not trying to make this an ad for them, but right. this is a good function that... I could see this moving too, so that maybe this can be avoided in the future. But you can listen in t- on any race car you want to on their scanner mm-hmm. traffic and everything like that, just for like a couple bucks a month. So okay, the, yeah. So we get we could do that sitting right here in the in the studio on a yeah. Sunday or whenever they race. And so it, so is this is it possible? I didn't know this angle. I assumed that it was somebody at the track, but it could could it have been somebody anywhere, or would they have have to, had to have been at the track. See, I don't I don't know enough about this to really be wise on this, but I I imagine that it would have to be somebody there. Okay. Um somebody that has, you know, a short wave radio frequency like a walkie-talkie kind of thing where they can get that frequency and, okay. and say yeah, something. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was assuming was the deal. 
I mean, uh, otherwise you could do the. Actually, I don't. I don't like. I said I don't know enough about it. But it, it, other than yeah, it, it, to me it would have to be somebody that was there. Yeah, yeah. So that narrows it down to a few thousand people, right? Uh, and how are you going to find the person that doesn't like Bubba Wallace the most <laughs> amongst yeah. several thousand people that probably don't like him, right? <laughs> because of the Nothing Burger that happened before and how it seems to have been. Uh, in a lot of people's minds, forced down their throat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what what comes of this, what the fallout is, because um, I I don't know. I I just I assume that now you just want it, you get it. It's like going and and buying buying a coke. They don't keep track of who bought a coke. Right. But you know, it it could come to, you know, hey, you, you yes, you can have this. We need your name and phone number i don't know and then you know you know what i'm saying like, right i don't know and one of those it's one of those things too where you know if it was just a quick little blurb that the whatever that person said to uh to bubba wallace said i mean that that it really how can you trace it back it only was right. for like a few seconds yeah and you need quite a bit more time to triangulate right which you still wouldn't be able to do in a group of thousands of people yeah yeah. So, uh, yeah, unfortunate situation. Somebody uh, uh, allegedly at this point hacked the uh, hacked Bubba's radio and uh, said some uh, not not very nice things. I guess we'll leave it at that. And Derogatory, I guess, is a way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so we'll we'll see. NASCAR says they're investigating. I thought I saw that they said that it may take a few weeks. Like you said, how are they ever going to figure it out? I right. don't know. Um, but uh, we'll 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 keep an eye on that. So, as somebody that used to do prank phone calls and get away with it, I mean, it, it's. I imagine the technology is not easy to trace. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably easier than back then. But right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when we were asking people if their refrigerator was running, um, so. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll keep an eye on that. So how'd the ratings do this week? Well, the ratings, FS1 drew a 1.28 rating with 2.203 million viewers. 2,203,000 people watched at home. NBC drew a 0.056 rating. Actually, that's a 0.56 rating with uh, 842,000 viewers for Sunday's Indy 500 qualifying coverage. So... That was just one car going around at a time. Yeah, and next up is one of the one of the best Sundays, in my opinion, the greatest day in motorsports. Yeah, uh, Sunday, May the twenty eighth, we will have the Coca Cola six hundred at Charlotte Motor Speedway in Concord, North Carolina, around five ish. But uh, earlier that day, we will have the Indy five hundred and Monaco. And Monaco, the Monaco Grand Prix, right? That kind of yeah, that the Monaco Grand Prix kind of uh, is forgotten. On, it's, on, it's on so early for everybody on on a holiday weekend yeah. that are usually pretty wore out by by the morning, right? So I think it starts at eight in the morning. So yeah, and then indie coverage starts around ten. So. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. so uh, Corey, remind me, and hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot. Is anybody doing the 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 double this year? Nobody's doing it this year, but Kyle Larson has signed with McLaren to do it next year. Okay. So in 2024, Kyle Larson will be the first person since Kurt Busch did it a few years back. I forget what year. 
Uh, and of course, there's only been one person that's had two top fives, and that was Tony Stewart. Yeah. And that was crazy. That was incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he barely made the start of the NASCAR race in that one. And he barely made it out of the car at the end of the night. Didn't they have to pull him out of the car, if I remember right? Pretty much. And he had to go instantly get fluids put into a, him. And he was getting fluids into like in an IV yeah. on the way to uh, Charlotte for that race. Yeah. So then he did 600 more miles after that. Yeah. You got to be hardcore. <laughs> so that'll be a fun weekend coming up. I, that I is. I think he's also the only person to complete every lap of both races. Yeah. I think you're right. Because usually, you know, it's all of a sudden, hey, it's too late. We got to switch drivers. You got to get rolling to get over to the Coke, the Coke 600. So uh, that'll be fun. That comes up this Sunday, May the 28th, as we said, around five ish. Uh, that <laughs> takes us to the world of outlaws. That's right. Uh, Friday, May 19th, Attica Raceway Park in Attica, Ohio. Rico Abreu jumped out to the race lead with nine laps complete. Carson Macedo went on the attack. That all settled down when uh, Ricky Peterson spun out one lap later. Uh, I believe that was his first start um, and also his first caution. Uh, Macedo took a shot at the lead on the restart. That allowed Donnie Schatz to challenge for second spot with nine laps to go. Abreu got caught up in heavy traffic, which allowed Macedo and Schatz to close in. Schatz moved into second with three laps to go. Schatz was able to take the lead, coming to the white flag and held on for the win. His first one of the year Woo! over Rico Abreu and Carson Macedo. The win was the fifth of his career at Attica, first of the year, 306th of his career. They ran that one earlier in the day, uh-huh. and we hadn't even got done with the heat races out in Fargo at that time yeah. uh, at the Red River Valley Speedway, and I got the message from Mike Speaker uh, saying that Donnie Schatz had just won his first race of the year. And I got on the microphone. It was at a point where I think we had a long caution. Uh-huh. So it was quiet. And I, I made the announcement that Donnie Schatz had won. The place erupted. Yeah, I bet it, it went did. absolutely crazy. So yeah. uh, great win for first one of the year. And that moves us to Saturday. Yes. Uh, Saturday, May the 20th, Sharon Speedway, Hartford, Ohio. Shots took the lead at the green on Saturday at Dave Blaney's racetrack. True story. Ten, 10 laps in, though, shots encountered heavy lap traffic, and that allowed Carson Macedo to sneak by for the lead. Shots, though, was able to take the lead back on the next lap. Brad Sweet joined the battle for second with David Gravel and Macedo, and that allowed Shots to put a gap on the field until the caution came out with six laps to go for Cale Thomas, who caught an infield tire in turn four, causing his car to hit the turn four wall. Shots was able to hold off gravel on the restart, but the caution would wave again for an accident involving Nate Dussel and Dylan Sisney in turn one. Sheldon Hoddenshield threw a slider on David Gravel on the restart, which allowed Shots to run away and win his second straight feature, his 307th career win, and his first Sharon Speedway win over David Gravel and Sheldon Hoddenshield. That takes us to the points, which we've been watching closely. We have. Because uh, Donnie Schatz has been steadily moving up the standings. Yeah, remember that last last week when I said if he has a couple good weeks, a couple good races, he can knock some of that gap down? Yep. He knocked about 20 points off of the point lead. He did. Brad Sweet is the point leader with uh, 2,934 points. Steven Gravel's in second. He's 20 points behind. In third, it's Carson Macedo, who's 30 points behind. Logan Schuhart is in fourth, 126 points back. And Donnie Schatz, after knocking a couple of wins and some points off of the gap, has 
he's 156 points back. One story about uh, my favorite story about Sharon Speedway. You know, I said it was Dave Blaney's racetrack. Yep. Two years ago at this race, he shocked the outlaws by showing up in his his uh, own race car and ending up winning that event. Really? That, that was, was one of my favorite races that's that year. Dirty. That's awesome. It took him by <laughs> surprise. The, the element of surprise. I mean, as he they was say. the 95 World of Outlaws champion. Uh-huh. And, you know, he has one in Fargo. So he's he's good. And he does own the track. He should be good at it. <laughs> wow, that's true. <laughs> so uh, next up, uh, Friday, May the 26th. That seems to be today. That as is we, tonight. As we record. Uh, and tomorrow, May 27th, they'll be at Atomic Speedway in Waverly, Ohio. On Monday, May 29th, that would be Memorial Day. Correct. They'll be in Lawrenceburg, at Lawrenceburg Speedway in Lawrenceburg, in, and that will be uh, in Indiana, live on Dirt Vision. Well, the late models also had some racing going on. Uh, Tuesday, May 23rd, State Line Speedway, Busty, New York. I believe that is the right uh, pronunciation of that busty New York. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to do it in a New York accent, and I can't. I no, I end up sounding Southern somehow <laughs> if I try to do a New York one. But uh, the thrill from Morrisville, Nick Hoffman joined the World of Outlaws late models, looking to run for Rookie of the Year. Well, he did everything right on Tuesday by to accomplish that with his first outlaw victory over Max Blair and Bobby Pierce. Uh, the points shake down like this. Chris Madden, as of Tuesday, was your point leader, 1,484 points. In second, Ryan Gustin, 22 points back. In third, Kyle Bronson, 30 points back. In fourth, Nick Hoffman, your Rookie of the Year contender, 34 points back. And Bobby Pierce is in fifth, 52 points back. Uh, just one follow-up on your uh, – and and this is uh, this is just bonus. that n- Nobody had to pay for this. Uh, <laughs> m- my uh, Some of the kids that I know are in theater – and the, one of them had to do a New York accent. And so they were trying to figure out how to best do this New York accent. And somebody said to this girl, you just act like you just had your nails done. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had my nails. I, I don't know. I don't know how to do it, but that's what they told her. And she did a spot on a New York accent. <laughs> just pretend like you just had your nails done. I don't know. It worked. <laughs> So, I mean, the only only way I could probably pull off a New York accent, I don't know, we still abide by the FCC rules, so I can't really try it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to have to edit it all out or beep it or anything like that. I mean, yeah, to add some cursing <laughs> in there. I, I got you. So, all right. Next up for the late models uh, is tonight, May 26th, and tomorrow night, May 27th, at Sharon Speedway in Hartford, Ohio. So, Corey, where were you during where? all this? Yeah, I like how I changed the name on this one uh, for the recaps portion of this. Where was I? (laughs) All right, Friday, May 19th, Red River Valley Speedway season opener opener in West Fargo. Kind of alluded to it earlier. We started off with the sport mods where Scott Jacobson jumped out to the lead, but the caution flag would wave on lap number one when Brian Schaefer spun in turn three, collecting Vinny Jetvig and John Sandvig. On the restart, Tom Sandvig, that'd be John's brother, he spun as well, collecting Ryan Rested. Rested was able to change the tire, but had to start at the back of the pack. Uh, more on him in just a little bit. He kind of pulled a slight Kyle Larson in this deal. Okay. Uh, Jacobson was able to take off on the restart, but had a tough battle on his hands with Rich Pavlicek. The two of them have been fighting hard for, I don't know, as long as I've been doing this, and maybe even a little bit longer than that. So it's one of the best rivalries in uh, in racing right now in this area. The field bunched up with eight laps to go after Andy Wagner spun in turn number four. 
Jacobson and Pavlicek battled hard for the first couple laps of the restart, but the yellow would fly once again when Skyla Miller would spin out in turn number four. That would end the race with Scott Jacobson getting the win over Rich Pavlicek, Chris Van Mill, Ryan Rested, who got back up into the top four after restarting at the back of the pack early, and Tori Fisher finishing in the fifth spot. All right, that takes us to the Legends. 27 Legends came out next with Cody Mackhart leading at the start. The leaders quickly caught traffic, but the caution would wave when Ashton Speaker would spin in turn four with 10 laps to go. The yellow would wave again when Scott Richardson would get together with Ryan Brasseth Sending Brasseth off turn one and to the moon, to the moon, <laughs> and Richardson to the back of the pack. Alex Clark would have issues on the restart, bringing out the third yellow flag. But one lap after the restart, Sean. But one lap after the restart, Sean Johnson would get by Mackhart for the lead. The caution flag would wave again when Brady Hansen would spin out in turn four with four to go. Sean Johnson would come out with the win over Alex Brasseth, Josh Wiest, Cody Mackhart, and Evan Hendrickson. In the Modifieds, defending track champion Dave Shipley would jump out front of the start, but the yellow flag would fly with just 12 laps to go for John Miller and Nick Curtis getting together off of turn number four. Shipley would have a battle on his hands with Colin Hibden for the remainder of the race, with Hibden leading with one lap to go, but the defending track champion again in the Modifieds would prevail with Shipley winning over Hibden through a pretty good slider going into turn one. Kind of just threw him over the shoulder and drove it in as hard as possible. <laughs> Made the pass. Uh, Jeff Oden finished in third. Then it was Darren Fowle and Tyler Hall rounding out your top five. The, in the sprint cars, Tyler Ravenberg would get the jump on the start, but Trevor Service would take a shot at the lead early. Service would hit the infield tire bringing an end to uh bringing an end to his night with four to go ty wilkie would push off of turn four and bring out the caution ravenberg was just too tough earning his second career win and his second red river valley speedway win over ty hanton andy paik jeremy snow and marcus rothenbacher and then next up are the hobby stocks where brody eckert started fifth but only took one lap to get to the lead on the start Tim Church would spin out in turn number two, bringing out the caution uh, a handful of laps in. Eckert would battle with Brad Orvidal and Tim Otterness on the start, but Andrea Jacobson would be spun by David McIntyre in turn number one, slowing the field again. On the restart, Keena Peterson and Blake Anderson would get together in the back stretch, bringing out yet another caution. Eckert would, would get a great restart with five laps to go, but Tim Otterness pulled up alongside on the last lap with Eckert holding off Otterness, Stone Cold Brad Orvidal, Tyler Hayne, and Tim Church. In the stock cars, Kelly Jacobson and Mike Anderson led the main event to the green, but Jacobson quickly found himself facing the wrong way. You're going the wrong way! <laughs> Jacobson was the charge for the yellow, but under caution, Andrew Jokum pulled over to an official, took the... Pulled over to an official, took claim for the incident, so the call was changed. That's a really awesome move right there. That's a very respectable move. He could have very easily just not taken that. He just kind of said, okay, Kelly got charged for that. <laughs> I yeah. got away with one. Uh -huh. And then move up to the pole and start up there. No, he said, I did it. That's, that's integrity right there. Yeah, that's, that's, is. that's really respectable. That is. I like that. Uh, the caution would wave again on the restart when Tyler McDougal would spin and turn four Mike Anderson would jump out to the lead on the restart, but just a couple laps in, Billy Michelson and Tim Compson would get together in turn one, and the caution would wave again. 
A couple of laps after the restart saw Rob Van Mill going from fourth to the lead after originally starting 11th. Van Mill set sail, but the caution would come out yet again for Tyler McDougal, who spun into the infield in turn four. That set up a five-lap dash where Anderson took the took a lead at the inside of Van Mill, but Van Mill had the muscle to pull off the win over Brandon Borg, Trent Gregor, Mike Anderson, and Andrew Jokum. Going back to Tyler McDougal's uh, la- uh, second spin out, I shouldn't laugh so much at this, but all night, so the entire infield had been kind of cleared out and they're paving the infield so that they can set up a stage for the fair. Okay. And it wasn't done yet. So it was down. It was uh, packed in, but, but and had the rebar in uh, coming out of turn four, About half of the front straightaway was filled with that. And all night we were like, who's going to hit it. Someone's going <laughs> to hit it. And it was, it ended up being Tyler McDougal, who was the very last caution flag of the night. <laughs> so, and, and there were several times where there were close calls where cars were just about into the, into where they packed all that stuff in to, to pave. And uh, tonight it should be done, though, so we don't have to worry about anybody wrecking anything. Yeah. And thankfully, the way that McDougal spun, he didn't s- slide sideways into it and rip it all up. So Sure. Yeah, that was, that was good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of tonight, uh, again, Friday, May 26th, it's Military Appreciation Night. That starts at 7 o'clock. Yeah, and we, uh, unlike NASCAR, we start right at 7. So, <laughs> yeah, it'll be tonight. <laughs> Military Appreciation Night. From there, last weekend, Saturday, May 20th, the 58th season opener at the Viking Speedway in Alexandria, Minnesota. I got to do pit reporting for this one, so nice. that was fun. I got to basically run around, and if there was an accident, I got to go up to up, up to it and just tell the announcer, that, hey, the guy's okay, um, and then interview the winners afterwards. Uh, in the Midwest Modifieds, Corey Stork started on the outside pole and was untouchable, leading all 15 laps of the feature, uh, feature race that was stopped for a scary incident with 10 laps to go when Tanner Bitson slid uh, off of the outside of the top banking in turn number four and into the tires mm. that protect you from hitting the wall dead on. Uh, right, And uh, he ended up flipping onto his roof. Ouch. Uh, Bitson was okay, and he became the first entrant this year into the unintentional rollover contest. That didn't take long. It's two points. Um, he only had two sides on that one. Uh, yeah. Ron, Ron Sauer finished in second. Then it was Josh Music, Sean Olson, and Travis Ingebrigtsen, that rounded out the top five. In the street stocks, the ripper, Ryan Satter, took the lead on lap one, but it was the Wolverine, Justin Vogel's day. Vogel took the lead on lap two and cruised to the victory over Satter, Eric Riley, J.J. Newbearda, and the assassin, Kyle Anderson. Short trackers were up next. Uh, that's the combination of Hornets and mini stocks. So rear-wheel drive and front-wheel drive four-cylinder cars. Okay. Waylon Current, who is driving a Mustang, the four-cylinder Mustang. He uh, started. He jumped up from fifth <laughs> to take the lead in lap number one, but got spun in lap number four with con- uh, for after contact with Nick Hiles. Uh, on the restart, Hiles sailed off a of turn three and ended up tipping on his side in the trees. That was worth one point. Even he, though it was in the trees? Yeah, he just kind of tipped up on the side of the car into the trees. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, I think he hit, there's kind of a little bit of a bank to keep you from going in there, and I think right. he hit the bank and tipped over <sighs> onto his side. I feel like he should get a half because the trees stopped him. Uh, I He'd mean, have gone on his roof. No, he got, he? yeah, but that that's why he only got one point because he tipped well, on his side. I, I, no, I mean, he should he should have got a half extra. No, we don't have, no, it's, 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 it's right. it either is or it isn't. <laughs> 
Okay. It's like there's enough. no there's no tie goes to the runner. Either the throw beats him or it doesn't. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Okay. So Current ran away with the remainder of the race, but did not pass post race tech. The only thing he didn't pass. Uh oh. Uh, his exhaust was just a little too short. They wanted to have a little bit longer and behind the seat, not in front of the driver's seat. Okay. Uh, that handed the the win over to Cole Campson. With Hunter Goulet, Kevin Wall, Tristan Raths, and Big Timber, John Hecox finishing in the top five. In the Superstocks, Travis Scott led the first four laps, but was overtaken by Trevor Sauer, who dominated the final 16 laps to win the Superstock special over Carter Rentz, Travis Scott, Mopar, Matt Miller, and Jeff Krause. And to round out the night, the Modifieds had Justin Fremming, who started on the pole in the Modified main event and never surrendered that top spot for the entire 20 laps. Fremming bested Joey Thomas, Brady Gertis, Jason Tennis, who's a guy we've talked to on the show. Yep. Uh, and the Millennial Farmer, Zach Johnson. So uh, next up for them, that'll be Saturday, May 27th, and Sunday, May 28th, the Dirt Race Central Street Stock Tour that kicks it off two straight days of racing that starts 6.30 both nights at the Viking Speedway in Alexandria. All right. And then on Sunday, you were that was May 21st, you were at Buffalo River Speedway in Glendon, Minnesota, that's, I believe. That's right. The third straight opening night of the of the year uh, for me. And the Hobby Stocks, Chad Visser charged up four spots to earn his first victory of the year after sneaking by Nathan Cole late in the going on Sunday night. Cole finished in second. Then it was Marvelous Marv Prem, Stone Cold Brad Orvidal, and Caleb Gardner finishing in the top five. All right. Young Lions Legends. With the increase in newer and younger drivers in the Legends division and the tight quarters of the Buffalo River Speedway, the decision was made to divide up the Legends by age, and that brought the start of the Young Lions Legends. That's kind of neat. I like that. I, I thought it was a good idea, and especially since it, it produced probably one of the best races of the night. Nice. Uh, Emmett Curtis and Kyle Van Mill battled side-by-side side for many laps with Grayson Speaker right behind. But late in the going, Cody Jaworski found some speed. Jaworski took the lead and the win after starting dead at last. How many cars did he pass? All of them. All of them. <laughs> Curtis finished second. Then it was Van Mill, Speaker, and Noah Lewis. And the funny thing is just uh, going back to that a little bit, uh, it, Emmett Curtis, Kyle Van Mill, and Grayson Speaker all raced against each other uh, out at the Red River Car Club. Yeah. And they were running basically the same race that I've seen them run for the last several years out at the Red River Car Club. And uh, it, it was one of those where a lot of those races came down to the very end. So sure. it was really cool to see this. Really cool to see these kids put on the show that they have been doing for me for the last several years. And uh, I, I think dividing up the tr the classes like this is going to only give those kids confidence. Uh -huh. So they're going to get better to, when they race up against the the uh, the uh, full grown people. Yeah, rather or closer than, to fully grown people. Right, rather than getting <laughs> tossed into the in into the deep end. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I like it. And then after that, we moved to the short trackers. Hunter Goulet climbed up four spots to improve one spot from the previous night in Alexandria and take the win over Adrian Kubitz, Christian Cast, Troy Lessman, and Lee Williams. All right. In the street stocks, Tucker Peterson had all he could handle with Casey Usatis, but Peterson... But Peterson was able to get his first BRS win with Usadis, Tyler Klugman, Derek Turner, and Cole Gresseth rounding out the top five. And then the legends came up in probably the most impressive run of the night. Cody Mackhart, uh, we talked about him earlier. He uh, led most of the race on Friday night out at the Red River Valley Speedway, but he passed 14 cars 
to earn his first Legends victory at the Buffalo River Speedway over Ryan Brasseth, Dylan Johnson, Colin Compson, and Evan Henriksen. All right, Sport Mods. Scott Jacobson was looking for his second win of the weekend, but his son Kelly had other ideas. Kelly was able to muscle his way by his father, Scott, with a little over a lap to go to win the race with Scott Jacobson, David Sirks, Chris Van Mill, and Rich Pavlicek rounding out the top five. That was a very entertaining race. <laughs> I bet. Um, they were talking because uh, Kelly is a sponsor. He, he goes to a group uh, that help him out with a suspension and kind of uh, and uh, <laughs> he kind of uses bumper a little bit to uh, move his dad around. Sure. Uh, why not? Tell him he's there. Um, <laughs> so they. <laughs> Along with the suspension parts and uh, and setup advice and everything like that, Scott Jacobson commented on the post, do you have any front or rear bumpers too? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> and also, right after Kelly took the checkered flag, he had a spring cup in the back like, that holds the spring in. Uh-huh. That popped out. And okay. he lost his right rear spring, which if he would have had one more lap, that would have been ugly. Really? Uh, he would not have been able to hold on to that very well. Oh, wow. But yeah, it... it it broke right at the right point. <laughs> Perfect. <So laughs> and that brought us to the lightning sprints for the final race of the night. Kelsey Peterson started on the point and led every lap to secure her part in making history. With her brother Tucker winning in the street stocks earlier, that meant it was the first time that a brother and sister had won in the same night at the Buffalo River Speedway. Peterson outran Alan Trushinsky, Dylan Langevin, Kate Taves, and Loki Bjerke to round out that top five. All right, next up is Saturday, June the 3rd, Enduro and Night of Destruction. Sunday, June 4th is the DRC Street Stock Tour. Yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen during this Night of Destruction. I don't know what we're <laughs> breaking. some destruction. Um, uh, there, I... I'm not doing anything other than an announcing, uh-huh. so I'm I'm going in there not knowing anything. Uh, well, you better bring some goggles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be breaking anything, but... Uh, well, uh, you never yeah. know where the shrapnel is going to fly, That's, though. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been hit up there yet, <laughs> but, I mean... There's a it's chance. A night of destruction. There's a chance. <laughs> All right. What else happened? Okay. Uh, Friday, May 19th, the I-94 EMR Speedway in Fergus Falls. Braden Brower won in the street stocks. Mike Nichols won in the Midwest Mods. Sean Beto won in the short trackers. And Bryce Sward won in the late models. All right. River City Speedway, Grand Forks, North Dakota. Seth Klostrike won in the street stocks. Lance Schill won in the Midwest Mods. Tyler Peterson took the Modifieds. And Mark Dobmeyer won in the Sprint Cars. Another one of the friends of the show here. Yes. Uh, the Dakota Speedway in Mandan, Chris Yost won in the Sport Compacts. Bill Holberg won in the Hobby Stocks. Billy Workman Jr. won in the Legends. Hunter Donagala won in the Street <laughs> Stocks. And 70-year-old Marlon Seidler, the Ageless Wonder, won in the Modifieds. All right. In Brown County Speedway, Aberdeen, South Dakota, Casey Usatis won in the Street Stocks. Trevor Nelson won in the Super Stocks. Adam Brotherton won in the Midwest Modifieds. Lee Gross won in the Modifieds. And Josh Skorczewski Skorczewski won in the late models. All right. Fiesta City Speedway in Montevideo, Minnesota. Colton Schuler won in the Pierce Stocks. Adam Vanderostein won in the Hornets. Shane DeYoung won in the Midwest Modifieds. The Wolverine Justin Vogel won in the Street Stocks. And Travis, Travis Scott won in the Super Stocks. And Matt Gilbertson won in the Modifieds. All right. Princeton Speedway, Princeton, Minnesota. Brad Becker won in the Hobby Stocks. Dylan Nelson in the Super Stocks. The Fort Ripley Rocket. Jake Hageman won in the Sport Mods. Dave Johnson won in the Stock Cars. 
Dan Kastner won in the Sport Compacts, Bob Holquist in the Mod 4s, and Toby Patchen won in the Modifieds. We move on to Saturday, May 20th, the North Central Speedway in Brainerd. Taking care of it right here in Brainerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brandon Bombardo, one of the hobby stocks. David Slovic, one of the mod fours. Justin Jones, the crusher, as I like to call him. He <laughs> won in the sport mods. He actually uh, he runs a business where he, they crush they crush cars. Well, so good. It makes sense. It's, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Dustin Nelson won in the super stocks. Jenna Hageman won in the sport compacts. And Aaron Johnson won both the stock car and the modified feature races. All right. Devil's Lake Speedway, Prairie, North Dakota. Tate Bullis won in the pure stocks. Casey Usatis won. Casey's doing a lot of winning. Casey Usatis won in the street stocks. Jory Berg won in the Midwest Modifieds. And Adam Sobolik won in the non-winged sprints. Speaking of Casey Usatis, I, w- I want to get a hold of him and talk with him. We've, we've, we're trying to figure out a date to uh, get this because oh, yeah. he has a really cool thing that he's going to be doing in the pits after the races for kids. So, okay. And it's it's one of those things where it's like, why hasn't this been done already? It makes so much uh-huh. sense. So much sense. Why hasn't this already been a thing? Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping to get him on here very, very soon so that we can talk about this uh, one. That sounds good to but, me. But uh, uh, next up, we go to Ogilvy Raceway in Ogilvy, Minnesota. Braden Brower, one of the street stocks. Uh, Joseph Wilbur won in the Hornets. David Swerigan won in the Mods, uh, or Midwest Modifieds, excuse me. Cole Chernesky won in the Superstocks. Brady Jotunen won in the Modifieds. And Pat Doerr won in the Late Models. Uh, Granite City Motor Park in Sock Rapids, Minnesota. Zach Benson won in the Midwest Mods. Justin Vogel won in the Street Stocks. Jordan Hankemeyer won in the Super Stocks. Justin Shalitsky won in the Hornets. Dustin Holquist won in the Mod 4s. And Jake Smith won in the Midwest Mods. And we move to Casino Speedway in Watertown, South Dakota. Brock Stout won in the Street Stocks. Doug Walsh won in the Gen X Late Models. Carter Matthews won in the Hornets. Adam Brotherton won in the Midwest Modifieds. Joey Thomas won in the Modifieds. And Kirk Kranz won in the Late Models. Nodak Speedway, Minot, North Dakota. Chris Yost won in the Sport Compacts. Chad uh, Strachan won in the Sport Mods. Smoke and Joe Flory won in the Stock Cars. And the big show, Jason Walla won in the Modifieds. That moves us to Wednesday, May 24th. Only one race in our uh, area on this one, but is the Forks Karting Association that raced out in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Maverick Omdahl won in the Novice Rookies. Then it was Charlie Berg who won in Rookie Gas. Brody Sobolik won in Junior 1. James Mackart won in Junior 2. Brian Good won in Senior Medium. Cody Burke won in the Masters. Charlie Paradise won in Junior 2 Yamaha. Brian Good won in Senior Yamaha. Blaine Barnes won in Junior 1 Winged. And Jersey Rosinski won in the Junior 2 Winged class. All right, that was Wednesday, May 24th. On Thursday, May 25th, the KRA Speedway, Wilmer, Minnesota, Chris Isdahl won in the Pure Stocks. Corey Stork won in the Midwest Mods. Brandon Brower won in the Street Stocks. Tyler Larson in the Mod 4s. Dexton Koch won in the Super Stocks. And Brady Gertis won in the Modifieds. All right, that brings us to what's happening. What is happening? Uh, nationally, of course, Formula One, Sunday, May 28th, the uh, Grand Prix de Monaco at 8 a.m., uh, IndyCar Sunday, May 28th also as well, 107th running of the Indianapolis 500. That starts at 10 o'clock. Uh, and, of course, like we said earlier, we got the 
Coke 600 also. Yep. Around five-ish. Five-ish. Sure. Yeah. And then we go to <laughs> local stuff. All right. Local, locally, Friday, May 26th, as we record. That is tonight. I-94 EMR Speedway driver meet and greet in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. All these times are at 7 o'clock here for Friday. Uh, River City Speedway with Lightning Sprints in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Dakota Speedway Military Appreciation Night in Mandan, North Dakota. Brown County Speedway, Aberdeen, South Dakota. And Princeton Speedway Micros in and, and Micros uh, in Princeton, Minnesota. Again, all start times 7 o'clock. Saturday, May 27th, that'll be Jamestown Speedway's season opener and Armed Forces Night at Jamestown. It's the 7 o'clock start time. North Central Speedway in Brainerd. They will be starting at 6.45. Ogilvy Raceway, the Minnesota Modified Nationals Night number 1 in Ogilvy, Minnesota, 7 o'clock. Greenbush Race Park opening night with late models. Greenbush, Minnesota, 7 o'clock. And Devil's Lake Speedway with lightning sprints in Crairie, North Dakota at 7 all right, Sunday, May the 28th, Bemidji Speedway, Chicken Shack Nationals, Jack Sparby Memorial. That is in Bemidji, Minnesota. Start time, 5 o'clock. Casino Speedway in Watertown, South Dakota. 6.30 start time out there. Nodak Speedway Military and First Responders Night in Minot, North Dakota. They will have a 6 o'clock start time. And then Ogilvy Raceway, Minnesota Mod Nationals in Ogilvy, Minnesota. That is a 7 o'clock start time. Yeah, Monday, May 29th, Cheyenne Speedway Memorial Day uh, Special in Lisbon, North Dakota. That's a cool thing that they do every year. They bring every race car they have in the pits that can do it at the time. They bring them out on the racetrack and uh, do uh, special uh, opening laps where they, they bring everybody out there to run around behind, behind a, a special military pace vehicle. Cool. That's a 5 o'clock start up there on Monday. Madison Speedway Memorial Day season opener in Madison, Minnesota, the Ludafist capital of the world. That's at 6 o'clock. Bemidji Speedway Chicken Shack National uh, Nationals Day Number Two, Jack Sparby Memorial, Bemidji, Minnesota. That's a two o'clock start time. Nodak Speedway Topless Night. What? Uh, yeah, keep your clothes on though. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a few people that I wouldn't want to see up there <laughs> like that. Uh, that'll be Minot, North Dakota, six o'clock. They're taking the roofs off the cars, not your shirts off. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, well that that adds that adds uh, an element there. All right. <laughs> Tuesday, May the 30th, uh, Red River Cart Club season opener out in West Fargo. They will get going at 6 o'clock. Then Wednesday, May 31st, that'll be the Forks Carting Association Grand Forks, 7 o'clock start time. And rounding out next week's action on Thursday, June 1st, Norman County Raceway's season opener in Ada, Minnesota. That's a 7 o'clock start time. And KRA Speedway in Wilmer, Minnesota, also a 7 o'clock start time. Yeah, that's going to pretty much be it right there for finally getting all the tracks open be for the lot, year. Be a lot of laps driven here <laughs> yeah. next week. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be busy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I figured it out. Like I said, I figured it out where like we can keep going out after that. I know mm-hmm. it goes it goes obviously from Thursday all the way to Monday with the Red River sure. Car Club, yep. which means I'd have a, a day off on that Tuesday wow. <laughs> if I went to all if I went to something every day, but obviously the Sunday is uh, one of, probably one of the more proud moments of my life. My son's graduating high school, my oh, my firstborn. Very so nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna very thankfully miss a race for once. <laughs> <laughs> I it, it, I don't nobody's gonna blame me for missing a race this week. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think you'll get a pass. So. Uh, Again, uh, thanks for joining us. And remember, you can find Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lap wherever you get your podcasts. You can also go to kfgo.com. And 
Remember, there is an updated KFGO app where you can find, uh, you can get uh, live broadcast streamed right to your phone. You can find all the pages of all the different shows that are on KFGO. You can get KFGO news there and all of your KFGO podcasts, including Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lab. Download that app. It's handy to have right there in your pocket. So it's real easy to use too. I've been I've been using it and I haven't messed it up yet. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's been updated, uh, upgraded, and uh, it's working really really well. And so uh, yeah, download that. That'll that'll uh, it'll save you time and you'll be happy you had it. So for Corey Litton, I'm Ryan Janke. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time on Checkers and Wreckers Victory Lab.